James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Challenging scripture, isn't it? You know, you often read through the Bible and you read scriptures and you think to yourself, oh, gee, I wish that wasn't in there. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it challenges us to the core. And, and, and this morning, just quickly, and, and I just want to encourage us. I've been sharing a lot in, in sort of practical aspects of, of life. Um, I, I talked about uh, living with purpose and overcoming and all that sort of stuff. And I just sense that God has, has been sort of in provoking us in our heart and in our spirit about how we outwork the biblical principles in our natural life. And so this is one area that is very important because if we can persevere, we'll make it. Now that seems like an obvious thing to say. That if we persevere, we make it to the end, don't we? And so James here is saying we actually need to be joyful when we are facing many trials. That doesn't sound like an enjoyable thing to do. Because when we think of trials, we think of pain, we think of suffering. But that's not always the case. Not all trials are painful. Sometimes trials come along that basically are there uh, in a sense, to expose motive. They um, sometimes are around important decisions in our life. We are able to uh, reflect and see um, where our life is heading and, and what our life is looking like and, and all this sort of thing. Um, trials come in the way of temptation. Okay, uh, and we'll look at that a little bit uh, more. But trials are the crossroads where we're forced to examine ourselves, And it's not always painful. It's not always a, a disaster. You know, we think of trials and we think of disaster. No, it's not. It's just at times when we've got to stop and think and reflect and we're forced to examine ourselves because the Bible tells us we often need to examine ourselves and to see what our motives are, where our faith is at, what our conviction is. You ever been in that situation? I think we need to, because if you don't, then uh, I'll say this, you're floating down the river like a dead fish. It's true. We're just floating along with life. We're just going with whatever happens, que sera, sera. But that's not a Christian life. Things will come our way, and we go, step back and go, oh, okay, let me think about that for a moment. How does that work out in my life? Am I prepared to, to give to this or, or will I step back and go another direction and so when James is saying rejoice when we face trials of many kinds he's saying be thankful that there are times in your life where you need to stop and reflect and so we need to understand that there is a purpose in this and that is in this that the testing of our faith will develop perseverance okay because faith will always be tested 
You know that, don't you? Your faith will always be tested. It needs to be tested. God tests our faith because, you know what? A lot of us do a lot of talking but not a lot of doing, if you're like me. Because it's easier to say things, but it's more difficult to actually put them into action. And so faith is, I see it as this, um, this development of our personality. It's, it's a development of our, us as a person where we take the words we say and see if we act upon them. And so we'll always expose the heart. Are you just saying things for the sake of saying them? Do we say things just for the sake of, yes, that sounds like what a Christian should be saying? Is this what people are expecting me to say? But then it is tested into seeing how we actually outwork that. And, and look, we can go on all sorts of tangents with that, but just to keep it very brief this morning, faith will always be tested, so expect it, Okay. And again, it's not always a painful thing. It's not always through the, uh, the realm of disaster. But there are moments where we need to know that our actions match what we say. Our actions match the conviction of our heart. Let me say this. Beware of green grass and carrots. Okay. Because often we, we, we determine God's will by what's the easiest thing to do. Come on. Do we often think like that? God, this looks like the easiest way, so this must be the way you want me to take. Uh-uh. Beware of green grass and the carrots that are dangled in front of us. Because that's not always the way God wants you to go. But he often allows it because then... We need to sit back and examine, all right, is this really in line with the conviction of my heart? Is this really in line with what God has shown me that I need to do? You consider Jesus in Matthew 4. He had conviction in his heart. He knew his purpose here on earth. He knew what he was meant to do. And when he faced his trials... Okay, he was baptized and led into the desert for 40 days and he was tempted. He underwent a trial. Why? Because he's the faith that was within him as a man, he had to have faith. Okay, understand that. He had faith like you and I, but it needed to be tested. It needed to be tested. And along comes Satan and he dangles this carrot in front of Jesus. And he says, look, you can reach your goal. But you can do it this way. It's the easier way. I'll give you the kingdoms. That's why you're here, isn't it? To take back the kingdom. I'll give it to you as long as you worship me. And see, it might not always be that overt in our life, but sometimes the subtlety of, of, of the distraction that, that is before us, and we're thinking, hang on a sec, this seems like an easier way to do it. This must be God. Yes, hallelujah. Because my life is meant to be easy. Uh-uh. Wrong Bible. Okay. In this world you will have trouble. But rejoice because I have overcome. What about Paul in Acts 21? We see that he, 
has a conviction. We see that he has great faith. And we see that he knows he's got to get back to Jerusalem to undertake a work down there. And on his journey back, he comes across in a, in a house meeting, he comes across this prophet, Agabus, I think his name is. And he takes the belt and he ties his hands with it. You can read about it in Acts 21. And he says, the man who owns this belt, this is what will become of him. He will be bound and thrown into jail. Now Paul could have looked at that and thought, hmm, that doesn't sound like where I want to go. That doesn't sound like the place I want to be. But it was a test in him to see if he will continue in the conviction of his heart, even though he knew it would, uh, it would produce hardship. And so I want to, if encourage is the right word, I'm not saying to seek hardship. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you need to seek the hard way all the time. But what I am saying is beware of the easy route. Beware of the green grass because who knows, it's not always greener on the other side. You get there and you look back and you go, hmm. Or that carrot that's dangled, once you, you take it, you look back and you think that was possibly not the best way to go. And so you say to yourself, well, how do you know? How do you know if it's the right way? How do you know if it's what I'm meant to do? Well, James talks about it right in the next verse. If any of you lack wisdom, what do you do? Ask. Ask God. And you might say to yourself, well, God doesn't speak to me. I can't hear God. But maybe God is talking through another person. Maybe someone is a bit wiser or a bit more experienced. We often look for the dramatic voice from the heavens, but often God speaks through the people around you. If you lack wisdom, ask God, what should I do? If you lack wisdom, ask someone that you trust, that you know can give godly counsel. You know, one of the most dis biggest disappointments that I often find as, as a, a senior minister is when people come to me and say, this is a decision I've made because this is what God has shown me. And how do you deal with that as a senior minister? Do you argue with them? Well, no, God didn't really talk to you. I mean, it's not like they're saying, this is what I believe. It's, it's almost like a statement of, this is what God's told me to do and this is what I'm doing. Oh, well, all right. Well, if God's told you, then off you go. Knowing well within your heart that, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't God. But what do you do? And often, it just it breaks my heart, people. It does. And I, don't, I know I don't share much on these things. When you see a person and, and they've persevered, and, and, you know, they're going great guns, and you can see them starting to outwork the things in their life. 
and they're just about, just about to break through into something and the old carrot comes out and totally distracts them. Whether it's job, whether it's girlfriends, boyfriends, all those sort of things. And again, when I share this morning, I'm sharing something of my heart that I've learned from experience over the last 15 years. It's why people, well, God puts us in relationship. He puts us in the church body so that we don't need to walk this journey alone. It's so we don't have to have that, that fear that we are heading in the wrong direction, that we can come amongst each other and submit ourselves to one another, as the Bible says. See how it all works together? And the end product is maturity and, and completion as a person. You want to be mature? You need to persevere. If you're not willing to persevere, you're going to stay immature. That's just the logical way I read this. Okay. You look at the parable of the sower. The seed is always good. The seed is incorruptible. It's the soil that determines the productivity of that seed. The word of God in you is incorruptible. What you do with it determines what it produces. Yes, there are going to be times where you are facing difficulty. Yes, there are going to be times in your life where it's painful. Relationship breakups, you know, um, just general hardship, sickness, all that sort of stuff. There are times we're going to be tempted to sway to the left and to the right. But this morning I just want to encourage you, and I know you had a short time to do it, and I've left a lot of stuff out. But I want to encourage you, persevere. Persevere. In persevering, you will find wisdom. In persevering, you will find your conviction strengthened. In persevering and doing what you know you need to do, you will find that the seed will find good soil. It just, it'll just happen. Wisdom and conviction are found in good soil. And so this morning, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're facing in life. But I want to say this, God is telling you to persevere. God is telling you to just put another foot forward and keep going. God is saying, talk to someone. God is saying, submit your thoughts to other people, people you trust. God is saying, he's on your side. But it doesn't always mean it's the easy way. It's the easy road. You look at the heroes of faith in chapter 11. The first half reads well. 
those that conquered nations, those that tore lines apart, those that overcame. But what about the second half of that list? Those that were sawn in two, those that were hung, crucified, torn apart, eaten by wild beasts. They all received their reward. So why don't we just stand as we finish off. Now I'm going to pray. Just a short word, and I hope it spoke to you in some way. Even if it's just to say, I need to keep going. I need to persevere. I will get through this. But also to say, you're much loved and you're much valued. And Lord, I just thank you for every person here, Lord. I thank you, Father, Lord, that in your word, you've never promised us the easy life, but you have promised that if we persevere, we'll make it to the end and receive the reward that awaits us. You have promised, Lord, that you will not leave us nor abandon us. Lord, you have promised that we are highly valuable in your sight. Lord, you have promised, Lord, that through the word of our mouth and our testimony and the blood of the Lamb, we will overcome. Lord, you have promised that Everything you have written in your word is yes and amen in Christ. So, Lord, I take all of these promises. And, Lord, I pray them over every person here this morning. Whatever their situation is right now, wherever they are in life, whatever circumstance they find themselves in, Lord, I thank you that by your Spirit, you will encourage them to persevere. So, Father, thank you. I honor you. I adore you, Lord. And we also just give you thanks for even the testimonies we've heard this morning about Nepal and Brazil. That, Lord, you are awesome. And so we give you this time. We give you ourself. And, Lord, we'll say we'll get to another day. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you all. Don't rush, don't rush off. Stick around and enjoy fellowship. Um, yeah, and be blessed.